This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Right, good evening. Good to see you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Glad you made it out here on a Wednesday. It's quiet in here. You need a Bible once you get your hand up and our ushers would put the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that's Ephesians 6, 17, into your hand. And we pray tonight that the Word of God would be alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword within each one of us, that it would just come alive within us. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 3, and we'll receive our tithes and offerings tonight. Again, we're glad you're here. Blessings if you're watching live stream. We, we pray healing over people. You know, our good friend Eddie Williams, who's usually right there. We just need to keep lifting Eddie up in prayer and um, just ones over and over. Man, I just kind of went blank about all the ones we need to keep praying for, but there's a bunch that need our prayers. So we covet those and we just believe God's moving. Well, Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Honoring. And with the first fruits of all your increase. So I'm to honor him with my wealth. I'm to honor him with what he called the first fruits. The first fruits are your best. That's, that's not my leftovers. <laughs> honor the Lord with the first fruits. Of all your increase. So you know what all means? That every time I get increase, every time I get a paycheck, I'm to honor the Lord with it. Why is this so significant? Because verse number 10 says, So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Literally stated right there that when I honor God, like he says in verse 9, then in verse 10, God wants to bless every dimension of my life. Every dimension. Not not just finances, but every dimension. So when I obey this, this opens the door or prepares a way for God's convoy of blessings that just come into my life again and again and again and again. But I cannot walk in verse 10 unless I obey verse nine. Now, as I was studying on this today, we've been talking about faith here. And we talk about, sometimes we just just got a smidgen of hope. And then we move to a thing called maybe. Perhaps, possibly, let's see. And then we go to baby faith, and then we just keep going. And you know, the Lord Jesus said, actually, he said in Matthew 8 to the centurion, he said, I haven't seen such great faith. So there's areas of faith that Jesus locates. So I go back to the tithe right here, what it's talking about. And I remember being a young believer, and man, we were working, we were doing everything we could to make a living. And we had more month than money. How many of you ever had more month than money? Man, it's not, it's not fun. It's part of learning the things of God. You know, but I, one, one thing about those, those aren't bad days because now you should really appreciate what you do have. 
But for a number of years when we first got married, we tried to do everything our way. I mean, you ever tried to do everything your way? Man, it's a flop. And so um, there was one night I was working at night and man, I just got real frustrated because it just seemed like we never had enough. And so I, I remember going home and me and Shelly were just looking at the Bible and the scriptures that you're hearing. And this is why on Wednesday nights, I always speak on this because I believe people need to hear this. But we looked at the scriptures and we realized we're not obeying God. How can we expect God to bless us like he wants to and we don't obey him? So we said, let's, let's just obey God and do this. Now, I'm going to be real transparent with this. The first time I put that tithe in there, I can tell you right, I didn't have 100% faith. I wasn't going, oh, yeah. My head was going squirrely. I was freaking out. I was saying, what, what are you doing? We don't have enough to do this. How many of you remember the first time you gave a tithe? Were you 100% in? Was anybody in there? Because I wasn't. But I went ahead and obeyed. And we kept obeying and we kept obeying. And before long, we saw God begin to move. And the reason you got to keep obeying is because every time you plant seed, you got a harvest that's going to come off of that. And so you keep planting seed. And when you keep planting seed, you keep getting a harvest. And before long, man, God started blessing us. And he's continued to bless me now for 40 years. But if you think you're going to have 100% faith before, I don't know that that's going to happen. It may. But what if I just got a little bit of maybe and say, possibly, perhaps, perhaps God's word really will come true. Perhaps God actually knows what he's talking about. And so something happens when I just begin to obey God in these areas. And part of this goes even with tonight. Sometimes you need to get kicked out of the boat and walk on the water, even by faith. Let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. Lord, I, I thank you that we have the opportunity to honor you with our possessions and the first fruits of our increase. And Father God, through your word that your desire is to bless every dimension of every one of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. And we thank you for that tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, bless you. Bless you, bless you good. If you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. We'll be in Hebrews a little bit. And then we're going to work our way back to our main scripture text back in uh, Matthew 14 that I told you a couple weeks ago. I don't know how long we're going to be there, so we'll ultimately get back there. You're going to Hebrews chapter 4. And just to, to set the table, kind of where we're going here a little bit tonight. Most of the time in the scriptures when you see Jesus, when he was walking on this earth, he was called the son of man. Now, many times after his resurrection and he went to heaven, he was called the son of God. But we know biblically that Jesus walked the earth for 33 years. So he was the son of man. The, the reason I highlight that is because Jesus being the son of man, 
he lived as a human being. How do we know that? Shortest verse in all the Bible, Jesus wept. If Jesus wept, you know what? He was a human. I I know he got angry because he got angry at the religious folk. I know he he got hungry because he'd say, hey, fellas, you got anything to eat? And, and, And I know... You know, he, he, he would get moved over and over and over, you know, with Lazarus. And then that moved him as a human being. And then we know on the cross, he bled as a human. He died as a human and he bled as a human. And this is going to play into part tonight, okay? That's why I'm highlighting all this. So we start here in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high, a great high priest. Not, not just a high priest, but we got a great high priest. And if you don't know who that is, just keep reading. It'll tell us. Who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. Let's cling in faith to all that we know about the Lord Jesus. And so when it says, hold fast to that confession of faith, that's my confession of salvation. That I I never let that go, that I've confessed Jesus Lord of my life. That's Hebrews, or not Hebrews, that's Romans 10, 9 and 10. And so he says, hold fast to that confession about your high priest. Verse 15, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Wait, wait, just a minute. That that just tells me and you that Jesus has full understanding of our weaknesses, our frailties. He knows the things we go through is what this is talking about. He knows what's happening in you right now. He knows what's happening in my life right now. For we have a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. As a human being, He was tempted in every way that you and me have ever been tempted, ever. But there's a little statement at the end. Yet without sin. Jesus never sinned. Actually, Jesus conquered sin. But he knows what me and go through in this thing called life with temptations and trials. All the different things that happened to us. And so I'm not going to have you go there. But in Matthew 4 it said that the Holy Spirit led him to the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when I read that, I said, wait, 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 wait just a minute. Who, who led Jesus to the wilderness to be tempted? The Holy Spirit did. And so when you go back and look, he was tempted with three major things. Those three major things we're still tempted with. 
And so Jesus understands what has been, been tempted. And, and if you remember there in Matthew 4, where every time the devil showed up and tried to bait him and tempt him, remember what Jesus would say? It's written. It's written. You know what that is? I quoted it earlier. That's, that's Ephesians 6, 17, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. When the devil comes messing and harassing you, just tell him it's written. The spoken word of God. So again, I, I highlight here, Jesus was fully man. Turn, turn just to chapter to Matthew, or to Hebrews chapter five. And I'm gonna start in verse number seven. Now listen real close to this. Who in the days of his flesh, you know what that means? In the days that Jesus walked this earth in the flesh, when he offered up prayers and supplications, when Jesus walked the earth, he prayed and he petitioned God. When's the last time I've prayed? When's the last time I've petitioned God? And listen what it says. With vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from the death. And so when you read this again, you begin to see that Jesus understood pain. I mean, vehement cries and tears. Why am I telling you this? I just want you to see real quick. Jesus he becomes an example to me and you on earth. What he did, he's saying, just follow my example. And he was heard because of his godly fear, his reverent submission to God's will. Now, just with that thrown in there, you can tell what I'm speaking on on Sundays. You can kind of get an idea where I've gone before. But I looked, and you know what I thought of that? The Lord Jesus lived with the reverential fear of his heavenly father. Submission. Verse 8. Listen. Though he was a son, yet Jesus learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Wow. Now when Jesus walked earth, you got to get this. Jesus learned obedience, but he's the son of God. But when he came on the earth, he lived as a man, so he had to learn obedience. How did he learn them? Through all the junk he had to go through. You know what this is telling me? You're gonna go through some junk. What's the thing about going through that? To learn obedience, submission. Verse nine. And having been perfected, and that doesn't mean in a moral sense, okay? The reason I say that, we know already biblically he never sinned. But he was perfected. Well, what does it mean to perfected? He became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. That's an interesting statement. He didn't say to all who confess him. It said, to all who obey him right there. Now, I'm not downplaying the confession of Jesus as Lord, but something happens in this life. The more I obey Jesus, 
the more I reveal my submission and say, I trust you. So you kind of get an idea. I kind of set the table for some things. Now, go back to Matthew 14, our main text here. It's powerful to learn all that about Jesus. And so you just got to remember the things that Jesus did while he was here on earth, it was a blueprint for me and you. Just saying, just follow my examples, what he's telling you. Just follow me. You know what I found out? The more I follow Jesus, the better my life is. And I got a little problem because you know what that is? I don't always follow Jesus. And man, when I don't, you know what I begin to do? I begin to repent. I'm realizing, oh my gosh, that wasn't a good move. Matthew 14, verse 22. You guys, you guys are going to know this passage inside and out by the time we get done. Immediately Jesus made, and we know the word made there, he invited or he strongly urged the disciples. He said, fellas, get in the boat. Get in the boat. And go before him to the other side while he sent multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. So we, we stop immediately tonight. So Jesus gets the boys in the boat and he shoves them off. He sends the multitudes back home. And then it said... He went up on the mountain. He hikes up the mountain. But Jesus didn't go up to the mountain to watch America's Got Talent. He didn't go up to the mountain to check his emails, his Facebook. He didn't even go up there to look at TikTok. But the Bible said he went up on the mountain to pray. The Son of Man. And not only did he go up to the mountain to pray, it said he went up to the mountain to pray alone. You know what? I believe he did that because he said, I don't need any distractions. And remember the Bible says right here that he went up early in the evening. So prayer was a big thing to the Lord Jesus, the Son of Man. Keep reading here. Let's go a little further. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. So as I began to read that, I thought, so Jesus goes up to pray. Did he go up to pray to replenish, to recharge, to refocus, both physically and spiritually? I mean, he's been busy, fed the 5,000. He's been preaching all day. And so I'm going to get spiritually alert. I'm going to be spiritually prepared. And so I highlight again that Jesus was bathed in, in prayer. But when I read this, this is what began to jump out. 
Did, did Jesus know in this life that we're going to face tribulations and troubles? And did he have the thought, I really need to pray because we're probably going to run into some storms tonight? And so Jesus was already prayed up. He was ready to go. Verse 25. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went walking to them on the sea. So we know he went up at evening to pray, and now it's somewhere around four in the morning. He's been in prayer for a while. You remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, this is Matthew 26, that the Lord Jesus said to his disciples, he said, you need to pray and watch lest you fall into temptation. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. That's what Jesus said. So again, I'm throwing some stuff down here because you begin to see Jesus was bathed in prayer all the time. And so right here it says he's in the fourth watch of the night. Jesus went to him walking on the sea. You know what? Jesus didn't attempt to walk on the sea until he had prayed. That's an interesting thought. But so many times we look at stuff like this and we think, wait, 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 wait. He's the son of God. He can do whatever he wants. Why then did he pray? Because when he was on the earth, he was fully man. And so again, Jesus is saying, this is the significance. You don't want to walk on the water or attempt to walk on the water until you've fully prayed. You don't want to get in the storms of life when, until you've started praying. Here's a thought for you on that. In Mark 6, um, verses, I'm going to say 1 through 6, Jesus goes back to his hometown. And it says, he could do no mighty works or miracles. He could not do any mighty works or miracles. And when I would read that passage, many times I looked at it and say, he wouldn't? No, 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 it said he couldn't. And I would be like, no, time out. Time. This is the son of God. He can do whatever. Not on the earth he couldn't like that. And then it said the reason he couldn't, why? Because of their stinking doubt and unbelief. And so you begin to see that when Jesus was here on the earth, that sometimes he couldn't do the desires he had. Why? Because of doubt and unbelief. But Jesus was a man of prayer. Keep reading. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. Fear, faith, you can't have both at the same time. So they're freaking out. They're in fear. 
But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. So Jesus is all prayed up, he's been in prayer. He's saying, listen guys, don't get over in fear. But I think many times I've, I've looked at all this and I, I think almost this is just all coincidental, but it's not. That's why Jesus began to pray. So we keep navigating through this. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Interesting statement there. Now, we've been on that a bunch. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. You know what Jesus did, or Peter just did? He asked the Lord. He said, Lord, if it's you, command me. Why is that a big deal? James 4, 2 says, you have not because you ask not. We don't ask. Why don't we ask? And so when I read this, whether you've ever realized this or not, asking is attractive to Father God. I think he loves it when his children ask him and say, oh, Father God, I ask you. I ask you to go to work in my life. I ask you to help me. I ask you to touch me. Do you know a day without prayer is a boast against God? It's a boast that says to Father God, I got it from here, God. I don't need you. I don't need you. Prayer is the spiritual component, or it's the exercise that may be missing from a lot of impossible situations. In other words, God's just waiting for you to pray. Hmm. Prayer is the language of dependence. That it says, Father God, I don't know what to do, but you do. Many of you remember this years ago. This singer named M.C. Hammer sang a song, you got to pray just to make it today. And I think, how truthful is that? I got to pray. And Jesus prayed over and over and over and over in his life. And man, I see this more and more. And so I, I think to a degree he's telling Peter, man, come on. I've covered this in prayer today. Come on. Turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So Jesus modeled prayer over and over to the disciples. 2 Corinthians 12. I'm just going to read verse number 9 here. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking. And he said, to, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. What's grace? It's a manifestation of his power. It's a resource that makes holy living possible. It's an empowerment to achieve his plan and endure hardship. 
Grace facilitates our abilities to conquer every weakness. Grace is a supernatural ability. And the more I read this, you ought to be saying, I'm in, I'm in. I need the grace of God. I welcome your grace. Amazing grace. You're saved by grace through faith. What would happen if we begin to ask God to grace us today? Grace me to walk on the water. Grace me in the troubles I'm in today. Because he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Now listen to this part. For my strength is made perfect even in your weakness. In your tears and in your fears and in your shames and in your troubles. He said, my weak or your weakness is made perfect. How? Through his strength. And so when I read this, you got any weaknesses? I do. And so when saying that, God's attracted to us being vulnerable. And the more vulnerable we become with God and say, Father God, I got to have you today. I'm in bad shape. It's like a magnet to God. And so I read all this and, and I begin to thank people in the Bible. Job became so vulnerable to God. I think about Abraham. Became so vulnerable to God. You remember Abraham in Genesis 18 when he, he, he saw that God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah with his nephew and he became so vulnerable he just said to God, hey, hey, would you destroy it for 50 righteous? And God said, nope, I won't do it. I won't destroy it for 50 how about 40? No. Nope. How about 30? And remember in the story, he, he became so transparent to God. He said, God, would you destroy it for 10? God said, I wouldn't destroy it for 10. And Abraham realized, I need to shut up. I better not go any further. But he became vulnerable. I think about how many times King David became vulnerable. Just read the Psalms. All they are is, is laments. They begin to la lament. I was going to say laminate. I laminate them a lot instead of lament. I did that. One year, man, I was speaking, and I said, the Lord laminated them. And I looked, and one of the guys who was sitting right there, his shoulders started moving. He started laughing, and I thought, he, he didn't laminate them. I mean, Think about how vulnerable Hannah became before God. God, I desire a, a male child. And as I read through all these tonight, it's amazing to me how Jesus would pray over and over. But I look at men in the Bible, and if, if we had time, we would go to Daniel 6, and man, Daniel is getting ready to be dealt with unfair treatment, injustices. This is Daniel 6, verse 10. And remember, it says that Daniel went home and opened his curtains before all of Israel so everybody could see him. And it said, he prayed. 
morning, noon, and night since was his custom as a young man. He began to understand the discipline of prayer. And I believe this is exactly what Jesus was telling them. There's going to be trouble in life. There's going to be wind. There's going to be waves. But pray. Pray. Just keep looking to God. Do you know in Daniel 10... It said that Daniel was on his knees and on the palms of his hand. You know what that is? That's how we fight our battles. This may sound a little corny, but God's not into email. He's into email. And it said when he was on his knees and his palms, this angel come and touched him. And the angel said to him, from the very first day you prayed, God heard your prayers. You know how many days he had prayed? 21. 21 days he had prayed and he had prayed and he would kept praying. And the angel said, God heard your prayers. God's hearing your prayers. But you know what he said in that? But he said that the prince of Persia withstood us all these days. The demonic realm uh, opposed. And many times we don't see what's going on in the, the supernatural. Don't quit on your prayers, okay? God hears. Do we have to pray 21 days? I don't know. My name's not God. But I pray until I see it come through. Just continue pray. Let me ask you something right now. How how many of you in here have prayed for things for 20 years or so? (laughs) Well, you just need to get more faith. That's not true, okay? Just stay with it. Remember, God's timing is impeccable. But when I look at the Lord Jesus... Man, he knew that night was going to be tough. But he covered it all in prayer. Why don't you stand up here with me? Another lesson from Matthew 14. So if prayer was that big of a deal to the The son of man, what about you? What about me? And all his prayer is is talking to God, communing with God. And God doesn't want you to be intimidated to pray to him. God doesn't want you to feel unworthy. He, He welcomes us. You know, many times in my life, I, I, has anybody in here ever felt intimidated to pray out loud? I, I felt that way a young man, as a young man. Now, one of the ways that the Lord helped me overcome that was when we'd sit down to eat our evening meal and my wife would say, why don't you pray tonight? And I was like, what? Me pray? 
Rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub. Amen. No. Just something that little. We grab hands and pray. And you just begin to talk to Father God. And just welcoming, asking. And something begins to happen on the inside of us. That you begin to to know you touch the heart of the Father. Where you look and you think, golly, this is so real. You should bow your head right now. And it's okay to be vulnerable. You're not doing this for me. But if I just described to you, you say, man, prayer's been intimidating. Just raise your hands to heaven and say, that's me. It's okay. Father God, I pray your blessings on ones right here, right now. That you would, you would stir up grace them, Lord. Grace to pray. We release the grace in here on people to pray. And Father God, if, if we've been men and women of prayer, but we've become lazy in our times of prayer, Lord, I ask that you would stir that back up within us. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, that's me. I've become lazy. Lord, stir that up within us, Lord, that we're not lazy Christians. And, and you would put within our hearts, you're in DNA, that we would be prayer warriors. That we would be intercessors. That we would be watchmen. That we would be men and women that would stand in the gap right now, Father God. And I pray, Lord, you, you birth a heart in here right now of prayer to you that would call upon you. And Lord, we thank you again tonight for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the example you were for every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.